Hello, everybody. It's Friday night, and that means it's weekender time. And this week, we have a jam-packed show where we dive into the latest news, some upcoming Kickstarters, take a look at some lovely stuff from Luke. It's all come out in the first quarter of this year. On top of all of that, as it is the anniversary of Casserine Pass this weekend, we thought, what better way to commemorate it than to give away a copy of the new American against German starter set from Flames of War. So. To be able to chance to win the Casserine box set, all you need to do is be a subscriber to the channel, pop a comment below, if you can, share us around, and ding Warren's dong, you know he loves it. Otherwise, sit back and relax, because your journey into the weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Friday night weekender, the gentle easing into the weekend that you all love. I'm joined this week by Free Ben, her brother Lloyd. Hello. Hello, Lloyd. Was was it some of the news that tempted you out of your cave? <laughs> might have been. Did, did you feel tremblings in the force? Mm, juicy news. <laughs> I thought it might have been. Uh, before we kick into the show, uh, we have a little bit of an announcement. On the 19th of March, which is a Saturday about four weeks away, uh, myself, Justin and Warren will be having a live stream. Uh, we'll be doing a little preview of what people can expect to see at this year's UK Games Expo, uh, having a chat with some of the companies that are going to be there, finding out what they're bringing with them. There'll even be prizes. Ooh, maybe a gunge tank, because I know Warren's desperate <laughs> to gunge onto Justin. Don't know how we're going to manage that. A bucket and mess, probably. But uh, keep your eye out for that. We're planning on kicking off round about midday or early afternoon. Uh, we'll have a finalised time soon, but just forewarned is forearmed, so you'll know to be sitting with your popcorn ready with a chance to win all the prizes and get a bit of extra news early. So that's Saturday the 19th of March. Otherwise... It's time to dive straight into the show with the most important part, the Indie of the Week. And this week, we're getting down with Iliada Games. That's, I, I, that's how we're going to pronounce it. That's, that's it. Uh, that's which, it. You've been renamed regardless. That's yeah, your name. Though. This, this is what you are. This is what you do. Uh, so the Iliada Games Studio does laser cut terrain. In multiple scales. This is just their front page with some new exciting things on it. Mm. Uh, but they do a host of scales um, and also genres as well. So they do sci-fi, they do fantasy, they do Victorian sci-fi type things. Uh, your, your Martians, your War of the Worlds. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I'll start with fantasy. Fantasy is sort of one of the smaller sections and easier to gently break you into it. Uh, he is weather thin. <laughs> it is. It's, it's very much a waffer thin. Uh, so as you would expect to see from most laser cut companies these days, they do a good range of terrain, which means you can get your stuff on tabletop very quickly, mm -hmm. uh, which is what people are after these days. They tell me. 
and not just yeah. leave it lying in a box in the corner like I do for, <laughs> for months slash decades. I have so many packs of MDF terrain that I haven't built. <laughs> Isn't that the sort of the oxymoron here? Is that mm. how you say that? that the terrain, yeah, the terrain packs come so well packed that they're so easy to stack up these particular MDF ones. <laughs> Uh, I think like uh, th- this is I think it's from uh, some of their more recent stuff because they did the mm-hmm. harbor setting which was yeah. all kind of done yeah. for um, people playing uh, like blood and plunder and all sorts of things yeah. like that so they, they had like a proper nice Ooh. harbor set and a lighthouse and all sorts of different things which was nice so, oh, and ships oh. ships ships Very with nice. the worst thing in the world rigging rigging <laughs> rigging's optional kids you don't have to put rigging on <laughs> Feel free to not put rigging on. When did you realise you didn't have the patience for rigging, Jerry? Uh, the, the minute a ship arrived with rigging on it, I, <laughs> that, I went, you know what, I'm not doing any of this. Uh, but like uh, like Ben was saying there, for something like Blood and Plunder, this is excellent. But also for fantasy games, mm. um, pretty much all of them will require Although, some dock. if you put the rigging on, I bet you that makes those masts and stuff a bit harder to break. I imagine mm. it would do. Um, but I'm still not doing it. Also, it'll look authentic, Jerry. It would. So. Oh, okay. No <laughs> you know what it is. Can't believe it's okay. me. We'll, we'll get Justin. We'll get Justin I like, to do it. I like, its rag, I like its pit for the rancor in the middle. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's where your cargo goes, yeah. be, it, be it rancors or barrels of rum. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the harbour buildings, the, the wooden dock sets, very mm-hmm. good for things like... Uh, Carnivale as well because they yes. do little. Oh, yeah. What do dads? What do they call those things? It's a wall. No, not wall. It's what? like a, like a wall, but different raised walls. A fence. These things, docks. They do oh, docks. <laughs> almost. You've got fence there. for ships. There you go. <laughs> a ship fence. <laughs> But yeah, you could easily have these sort of lined up oh, inside the canal in, in Venice or something, just add some additional sort of flags and decorations on mm. to make them more Venetian and away mm. you go. And, you know, as soon as you add sort of some blinds, canal barges and all sorts of things in there as well, you'd be fine. So. Nah, I saw that. Blood and plunder is the way to go with this stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, we thought, we thought you might like that. <laughs> I'd also like to, they do these and they do these, you'll find them in a few different uh, sections at different scales. Splat markers. Splat markers. <laughs> oh, fab. Which I'm a big <laughs> fan of because looking for interesting things to put behind your units to mark fatigue and not just have little dice or little, you know, red glass beads or whatever it happens to be. You can buy miniatures, and I've bought some in the past, um, but you end up you're paying the same amount as you are for your actual units mm-hmm. in fatigue markers just to lie there being dead. So I quite like the fact that they do that. Yeah, also, and- you could spray through them and get chalk outlines on streets. I was, just I, was thinking just I was just thinking that. I was just yeah. thinking, but I was thinking I'd just literally stick the wee men to the streets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just do a little white outline along the outside. Like some so. some prick outside our office once stuck a pound to the floor to see <laughs> how many people would go over and try to prize it up. I do that. And this and this was before the days of YouTube. Oh, wow. He must have been sitting in the ship shop across the road enjoying himself watching. <laughs> oh, I love the, that. That's great. The swallow in. Is, is really nice. So good level of detail across the board on the, the fantasy stuff. And, do uh, these come pre-painted? As far as I'm aware, these ones do. There's some other bits and pieces that look like they are just the... MDF printed. Just the MDF, yeah. yeah. Just the, 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 the I was going to say natural, but there's nothing natural about MDF. <laughs> um, yeah, pre-painted. Yeah, these ones are pre-painted, yeah. yeah. But things like that. I really like them. The yeah. collaging. Yeah. 
I, I, the thing that's quite nice about these is obviously you've got the Fable Realm stuff that Foreground do, which mm. is very good, but that obviously has that slightly more exaggerated fantasy feel to yes. it. These, I think, work nicely to kind of cross the, the gap between fantasy and historical, which I think yes. is really cool. So it's a nice alternative to have as an option. So There's a lot to be said about Tudor-style buildings. Mm-hmm. Very much so. They work all over. I should start English Civil War. They work through different time periods as well, <laughs> no, which is great. So. I won't start English Civil War. Stop that. Why would you even say that? Anyway, so I do. Fantasy. There's also 15 mil stuff, which is oh, some miniatures. Um, so these are quite nice. Throw some of these up. So if you're interested in playing tiny, tiny fighting men. like The uh, way I think it should be done. <laughs> so your 15 mil RPGs. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then they have a, a nice range in here. Uh, obviously. Again, sort of traditional fantasy. There you go, Ben. Yeah. Look, at that. Look at him. My character of choice. Could he be wearing a breastplate? Yeah. Could that just be his belly? Who can say? I was except, thinking that. Except if you go back, the problem with getting down 15 mil, if you scroll back through some of those pictures, mm-hmm. is they don't necessarily look like they're shouting more than they're shocked in all these pictures. Shocked. Go back another one. <laughs> it's a dragon. Oh. <laughs> Atheist on a world where gods actually walk. I'm appalled. So he, he looks disgusted by something. Look, evil dwarf. Paladin. Ooh. With his bull cut haircut. Yeah. Human mercenaries as well. <laughs> give me the option for those. I hate you, human mercenaries, for not giving me the option to see these. That's better. Yeah. Here we go. Trumpeter. Dashing forward. Motion blur and everything. I'm Most still on, the, I'm still on the, the 15 mil RPG train is the way to go. Yeah. yeah so. You can put them in your pocket. Exactly. Much easier for yeah. the players and the DM. Have so. terrain in one pocket, miniatures mm-hmm. in the other. Don't even have to carry a case with you. Empty pockets out on the table when you get there. Just get there. Just wear a big yeah. donkey jacket. Plenty, of, plenty of pocket space. Yeah, it is nice that they kind of match up a lot of the stuff they do with ranges that would be applicable for them. I think that's a really cool, yeah. cool yes. way of doing things. So, because they work with a lot of different companies, I think that they to sort of like host their miniatures as well. Stuff. So yeah, that's very cool. Oh, I like those rune out. Oh, that rune. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Mm. Cool. I really like with MDF terrain because it does have the burnt edges. It works perfectly for ruined buildings. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amount of people who just leave that on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very cool. It's because nobody wants to take it off. Well, no. I have whole, I have packets of baby wipes here for whenever I'm doing MDF terrain. Oh, everything, gets, nice. everything gets a scrub down first. Yeah. Because otherwise you just end up spreading does, the burn. Does that help get rid of the smell of the MDF turn as well? Do you know the way it has distinctive smell to it and it lasts for a long time? No, it, uh, it'll always be with you, unless you hit it with a varnish or something. Try and cover the smell. Febreze won't fix it, just saying. <laughs> those are nice. I like those. Yeah. They're lovely. Varnishing it works, though. Yeah. Like you've just said. Yeah, because we once got an army in the office that was from a guy who'd smoked for 20 years beside it, and it's oh. Oh, yeah. oh, But we varnished it and that fixed the problem. Yeah, That's why those Eldar be. were Iandan. It's because the yellow from the tobacco smoke. It's all the nicotine all the time. Those, those little 15 mil goblins are awesome. Oh, they're great, aren't they? 
See, I can't, are these... Oh, he's fab. I'm not sure who these are actually by. That's the... Or whether or not they're in-house, but uh, they're very cool. So I've not seen anything that says they b- belong to anybody in particular mm. and that they're okay. reselling. So I think they may be an in-house range. Very nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's their, their 15. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's some of the older stuff in 15 is just plain. Or their sort of larger castle section yeah. kind of things like that. So you can, very cool. you can build your <laughs> yeah. way up through there. Mm. Well, uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick look at more before we go anywhere else because there's there's something in here you should see if i go to plastic miniatures well ignore the rest of the stuff nobody cares about blogs and hex bases and blah 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 <laughs> oh. oh wow they do some super chunky mechs rusky and, oh. <laughs> and chibi looking wow things I love that. <laughs> Space horse. Space horse, coast to coast. <laughs> Rusky the muty cat. Oh, look him. You can put a whole, awesome. put a whole crew of these together for Stargrave. He looks infuriated like somebody just threw water over him. Yeah, you know? I will not have a bath. <laughs> he pushed something off a table, but unfortunately there's zero cheese. So He's never been so annoyed in all his days. Oh, I definitely do start great with a bunch of these. They're fab. That's awesome. Yeah. So these are um, some form of, of ABS injection molded plastic. Mm-hmm. So they will be a little soft. But if you're planning on just doing cheap and cheerful uh, figures or armies mech or battles, mech lances, Two pound for a Mac. It's pretty good. Yeah, can't yeah. be can't be bad for that. Can't. And you can buy an MDF boat as a weapon for it. <laughs> that one that one reminds me of the droids from Spaceballs. It's because he's got the skirt. Ah, that's right. it. It's the skirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so there is a, a little set of uh <gasps> unusual miniatures. Well, <laughs> which one are you on about? You want to see the goat, don't you? Yeah, I want to see the goat, Jerry. <laughs> Shocking. Oh, that's fab. Rawr. Anyway. You've got to be kidding me. Oh. <laughs> hey, at all that note, let's have a look at sci-fi. So sci-fi is where they really shine. Um, a lot of scales and a lot of stuff in their scales. So some of it will be repeated, obviously. Once you've got the plans uh, in a computer, or you can make it print at whatever scale you want. But it's, uh, it's when they start adding in the Victoriana stuff. I really love them. So cool. You two Aww. can have a Martian tripod. It's always so nicely detailed as well. It's a nice thing with, with all the like all the flat panels of, um, mm. tend to have lots of detail worked yeah. into them. So it's not just sort of like bare wood, as it were. So And you know what they say? The chances of anything coming from <laughs> Mars are a million to one, they say. <laughs> anyway. But still they come. <laughs> <laughs> All of the antenna. Yep. Uh, and you can see there, you can get them in 3, 6, and 15 mil. So the big Martian stompy thing is um, is part of the 3 mil range or the 1 600th, uh, which is nice. This is some sort of 15 mil hover floating tank, hover tank. Yeah. Well, by the but, time you get down to 15 I mean, mil, though, you should just get those spiders with the big long legs and just get a box of them, dump them on the table and see the where table. they go. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that look like daddy long legs with no, le- with no wings, those ones. Oh, yeah. Catching them in a jar, mm. releasing them the next day. <laughs> Your opponent just runs away. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oil derricks, pumping oh, stations. Cool. 
Oh, they're great. I like them. Lots of nice things for kind of adding a little extra character to tabletop. Yeah. Don't I would take those things there to board games to see if there's any board games about capturing oh, the world. Yeah, yeah. Put them on like your oil fields and stuff. You've captured that. Yeah. Cool. That'd be nice. Yeah. Definitely. I 100%. I'll jump into the 1 600 while we're talking about 1 600 stuff. So we started off doing uh, American Civil War. Yeah. And then from there, started adding in the sci fi bits. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. these are great. Because you've got um, little tiny silhouettes Ooh. in three mil. Great so for doing very high, oh sort of like yeah, high perspective war gaming, effectively. So yeah, yeah huge divisional or core. Oh, nice marching around the place. I really like them, and Ooh. it's the sort of thing I look at and I'm going, you know what? They have a certain charm all of their own with yeah, yeah. painted yeah. I, at that scale i don't oh. think i'd bother mm. i'd just put them together and keep them in the the bare wood yeah. slash card at that point they, they become more like board game components and yeah. also like, like rather than them actually being miniatures if you know what i mean which is yeah i think that's a really good idea just leave them as they are maybe add something to the bases or something to represent which ones belong to which side or something yeah away you well go. in most cases you'll know i mean that's human because that's a stagecoach. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then these crab men are Martians as they oh, scuttle yeah. towards you. Do, easiest way of tell, do we have them on Earth? If it's a no, chances are. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, that's nice. There's yeah. also a few monitor ships yeah. uh, with little 3D printed guns, which is cute. Oh, very they, cool. They're just darling, aren't they? Yeah. They're very cute. I'm, I'm very much on board with the 1600 stuff. Mm. They'd be very good for that game we looked at a couple of couple of weeks ago. The uh, well, last year, whatever it was. <laughs> a couple. What of weeks is ago, time, Ben? To be, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, if you go a few weeks back, the, it was the, last year. It was the scary, scary biscuit stuff. Ah, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. The, the, they did the ironclads that stuff. Plus fifteen mil, uh, more of the same. Yeah. So the, the same sort of thing, but also as you can see some resiny tanks thrown in here as well and the, the 50 mil shop fronts oh they're great these in, they're great and they would work for 28 mil as well because they are just neon shop fronts or signs mm -hmm. so the fact that you've got haggis on a stick i mean yeah. if it's on a if it's <laughs> above the door of a 28 mil building it still works uh, <laughs> like panzerberger and bob yeah. Weequee's weave emporium General Shatz Mexican curry fusion really yep. does what he says on the it team. It really yeah. does, yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, some slightly more, I suppose, regular uh, shop fronts as well, which is a bit dull, but you kind of everything. Yeah, regular, like. code for boring. Yeah, but not if you stick them together. Go back to the other signs. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, like if you make combinations like hospital burgers. <laughs> <laughs> stick the two yes. together, you're right. What did we have on the last? Cyborg bar drugstore. Who yeah. knows? C cyborg club <laughs> could be above the door and then you just have nightclub. house. Yeah, running, yeah. running vertically down the side. Yeah. You have nightclub drugstore. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but yeah, the the little resin tanks again for that. When the uh, the Martians come, we have like to up our ships. game. Ooh. Say that are they actually? Oh no, they're cards. The cardstock and MDF. Oh. That's very good. Oh, pretty cheap as well. Actually, yeah, I've, I've gone too far there. <laughs> <I've gone> too <laughs> 
I like that. That is nice. It's very much like a Russian land ship. Mm. How many turrets can we fit on this? Well, we can fit more on it. <laughs> we make it longer. Make it longer then, and mm. give me more turrets. <laughs> so anyway, we'll defeat the Martians. <laughs> the little Pasha. Mm. These would be quite cool for um, full spectrum dominance as well. The guy, Lazy Forgers. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Game that they're working on. Because yeah. there's nothing to say that it has to be hard sci-fi. It could easily be no, yeah. Yeah. six mil Victoriana. Or you or could, could have your from sorry, go. you could have your twenty-eight mil guys with little radio controllers and have a tank <laughs> battle going on. Yes. <laughs> um, That's the sci-fi equivalent of them playing football over the trenches, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So the, 28, like the tiles and stuff. Yeah, twenty-eight mil gives you some tiles and scatter. very good for necromunda. That's just about say all of that stuff. Uh, this. I don't know who came up with this first, but it's become sort of industry standard now. Where you, oh, yeah, the Coke can towers. You build yeah. around tins. They say Coke can. If you get a beer can, you can have a much taller tower or go for a two-level effect with a nice path running down through them. Oh, yeah, Pringles can if you want to go really mad. Or Pringles. Yeah. Different dimension of Pringles can, though, to a Coke can. I know that... Uh, so Jerry's and... right with those extra... Do you know the way you get the, the beer cans with the mm. extra bit and you can get them like the 20% extra Pine stuff size. in them? Yeah, yeah. So that's the ones to go to if you want really big ones. And a good drink at the same time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I know Foreground have been coming back to doing stuff with Coke cans and things. So yeah. it's definitely a, a big thing in the industry. So. It's, a, it's a very accessible way of upcycling your garbage and, mm -hmm. and adding curves to laser cut MDF, which is the hardest thing to do. No yeah. So, yeah. You know, why not go that yeah. way? Um, but they also have some little miniatures as well. Now, these are the ones that are from a different studio who I actually also want to look at as an indie in the future because I was I saw oh, these and case, was like, we won't spend much time here, but, but we will. Because they have a very nice range. It's yeah. Forlorn Hope, uh, and they have a very, very cool set of miniatures for, for, for all sorts of different things. But, yeah, they're very good as, like, gang steps, yeah. sort of stepping gangs and that kind of thing. So, yeah, if you're doing something like Necromunda or Stargrave and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. oh, uh I can't remember the actor's name. It's it's from Multipass, Multipass. Remember oh. the, the captain with his brother oh, who yes. spent his time in yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas? Yeah. The, one gets, I mean. the one that gets frozen. That's the one. <laughs> mm -hmm. The fifth element. Is that a stormtrooper with an umbrella? <laughs> no, it's, it's a gentleman. Well, he'd be very, he'd be very good for the uh, post-Brexit devastated wasteland game. <laughs> He does yeah. look like a fine gentleman. You are, yeah. you are correct. Never go anywhere without your bowler and brolly. <laughs> Certainly not into the ash wastes of London that was. And he's got a blue passport tucked into his jeans. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. We can have it called In Search of a Chocolate Orange. <laughs> <laughs> we shall, uh, we'll, we'll leave the forlorn hope there, shall we? <laughs> oh, nice little cats. Life a little oh, bunker. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's that kind of stuff that's very simple but effective. Yeah. And then you could always just add, like, obviously, you know, just spray that and away you go, basically. Spray it and do a bit of dry brushing and you're mm. done, basically. But you could add texture paint to it if you wanted to as well mm -hmm. to give it a little bit more of a, a sort of weathered, beaten up look or something. Um, do some, or do something around the bases as well. Look, and you can even disassemble Stephanie. 
No, disassemble, Stefan. <laughs> That's quite good for storage, though. It is, yeah, Disassemble yeah. it and yeah. set it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very cool idea. We'll have a look at their spacey fleet stuff. Not just like the hex dance. Not just the hex dance. <laughs> I wanted to show you the specific hex. Well, that, that hex dance. To be honest, there was a hex stand drought last year, and I'm not saying a billion suns caused it, but... <laughs> What I will say is everybody on their Billion Suns page, they were trading them like bottle caps from oh, one of the, wow. the, the Future Times games. <laughs> uh, so These having things nice. like jump yeah. gates. Oh, yeah, that is nice. Because, you know, you need multiple jump gates for Billion Suns anyway. Oh, no, the picture. I really like how it's gone. Does it, does it allow you to, ooh. Mm. Oh, we stick it together at different sizes. It would have been really cool if you could have slid that around. Oh, like a... Like a Stargate-style thing. Yeah, so... Locking into the... Yeah. You probably could. Probably do something with it, yeah, to make it look like that. But that's really cool. I like that. Is it the right scale for Billion Suns? Yes, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have some of our ships. Yeah. Could be a nice Corvette. <laughs> the incommensurable. Good. I like it. And the incalculable. All the mass drivers all the time. Nice. And I like these because, you know, A Billion Sons is a cracking game and these are dirt cheap. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Like absurdly cheap. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do a I fleet. I mean, you're importing them, but absurdly cheap. If you want yeah. to do a fleet, away you go. I quite yeah. like them. Oh, yeah. That's the multi-stand. That's quite cool. I like the multi-stand. I bet that would rotate a little bit as well. No, it's, it's <laughs> squared in the middle. Oh, oh. I, have, I have a set of circular ones, so there's another company Ooh. that does them. That which which you could spin, and it even comes with six missile tokens, so it's not to waste the material. How good is that? Cool. It's very good. I don't need missiles for a billion some, but you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll not say no to them. Uh, but they've also put together some more Eldari looking things with the pioneers, oh. more sort of swept mm-hmm. nacelles. That's crazy. Yeah. The Trekky one on the other page stands out, but I would never buy it because I'd never be able to play it without thinking Star Trek. Hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I know exactly what one you meant as well. Yeah, yeah. The Star the Trek assault, one. The assault ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one yeah. that was actually the Star Trek. USS Enterprise. <laughs> Look at that with its wings. Look at its mm. little... That's really cool. Acrylic hexy wings. Such a nice little addition. Yeah. It's even in your eye and in colours. It is. It's, it's actually not. It's blue and yellow, so it's <laughs> well, really Al- Alatoc or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Whoever they are. We all know who we're talking about, even if we don't know how to pronounce it. Not the mercenaries, then you wouldn't get into the mercenaries. Oh, deep space That's harbor. A space station. Deep space harbor. Do you need deep space, space station? Te- deep space ten. <laughs> we need. We need to buy nine of these. Yeah. I'm just going to say it now, and I'll probably annoy some people, but Deep Space Nine is probably one of the best Star Trek shows. Why after... that annoy people? Because some people are like, oh, the, the least... original series all the time. It's right. the least Star Trek like one. That's why it's yeah. the best. Yeah. All the ones that it goes Star Trek. It goes Deep Space Nine, then Next Generation, and then others. Voyage then, is quite good. I, I think Voyage is good. And then the Orville to go somewhere or <laughs> Oh, the Orville is the best Star Trek show. That is true. <laughs> oh, thank you. Can, candy coloured. <laughs> that one with the big cannabis thing. No other the mercenaries. <laughs> like strange, stoned um, <laughs> oh, yeah. coming at you. Falling fleet four twenty, blazing into the new system. 
Yeah, yeah. Anyway, oh, that's great. That's enough of that. So Space Fleet is a thing that exists. That's really awesome. I like that. Yeah. That's all good. Uh, and then we also have, ooh, Planet Dinosaurs I would love to show you, but it's kind of a coming soon. Yeah, there's a few things in there, but not, not yeah. too much, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll let other people, you can find it yourselves. We give you the links for these. <laughs> you can click in there. So stuff. much fun stuff to have a look yeah. at. So. Oh, no. No, you're not going to look at that. No, you broke it. Hang on. No, didn't break it. It oh. just took a wee while to catch me up. I was ahead of the game on this one. <laughs> if anybody is thinking Orc Battle Wagon, then I'm going to have to say, sure. Can't really argue with you on that one. Look at that, just rolling over everybody with their tidy fighting men in the back. <laughs> They're kind of probably thinking Spice Miner, though, aren't they? They are, but, yeah. you know, it doesn't have uh, David Lynch on board. <laughs> Who is this? Identify yourself. Or you could make some tunnels and have a guy shouting, Quaid, where are you, Quaid? <laughs> <laughs> Free your mind. I oh, know. It's cool they do these in loads of different sizes as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously there are certain games out there that are skill specific. Uh, and then there are a lot of people who already play various fleet battle games and Victorian sci-fi and that sort of thing. Yeah. So so being able to, to find another um, outlet for a host of stuff in a, a variety of scales is excellent, I think. Nice because you've got that sort of combined arms element with that because this then allows you to have oh. both your foot troops with vehicles with sort of aerial elements as well at the same time. Scroll back up. Oh, you missed it. There's, a whole, There's a whole sewage treatment plant at the top. There is the water treatment plant. Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's Total, cool. At, at the end of the road. I like that. You can find the water treatment plant. But there we are. So that's, Look at that's all that poop. <laughs> that is Iliada Studios. Mm, uh, Iliada nice. Game Studio. Uh, a whole host of stuff to fill pretty much all of your needs. Uh, if you like the smell of burnt wood in the morning. And if you don't, <laughs> hit it with some varnish. That's what we're taking away from this today. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick swish. And when we come back, we'll be delving into this week's news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the News. <laughs> all right, folks, so we're back with some news. Uh, we're kicking things off with more news from the folks at Warlord Games. Obviously, last week we had the awesome Slain uh, miniatures game that was coming to the tabletop. This time they're going back to their historical roots, and they are going to be bringing us their new board game, which is called Combined Arms. Uh, so this is a new strategic board game that sort of elevates things to a higher perspective on the battlefield. Uh, you are going to be in charge of a sort of, as you might imagine, combined arms force for either the Allies or the Axis, uh, consisting of your infantry, your armoured divisions, your naval units and your air units. Cool. And you'll be fighting over a variety of different um, theatres of war throughout all of World War II, basically. Is this like World War II... The Beano edition, because that's what it looks like on the box. The action, the action comics version. Action comics. There are uh, designs and maps for playing in Northwest Europe, uh, on the Eastern Front, in North Africa, and also the Pacific. And each of those will give you individual sort of um, challenges in order to that you'll have to try and beat on the tabletop, which is pretty cool. Uh, gameplay is done um, through use of dice, as you can see there, which will sort of equate to the different strengths of the different units. Gameplay is fairly quick and easy to play out, using a lot of sort of simple rules for that. 
But then a lot of the other sort of like um, the depth to the game comes in the use of a bunch of different cards that you get. So you have sort of rounding cards that will affect uh, sort of the way that things play out between units and this will affect sort of like the grandest sort of um, events going on around the tabletop. And then you also have a set of initiative cards in your hand as well. And these can all be used um, to dictate exactly what we can do at particular moments and sort of like gotchas and things. So you can see there you've got one that'll sort of like affect when played at all, uh, alongside an order and all that kind of stuff too. Um, it looks really cool. A very interesting little simple game to play. Uh, I will say that it is a little bit longer than you might imagine. Uh, this is from, so it's from River Horse and Warlord and they said that it's going to be about sort of two to three hours sometimes to play on one of these games. Really? It's, it's such a small board. Yeah. Exactly. I assume there's a lot in it. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I would also assume that uh, people who are very familiar with this kind of game could probably play it a lot quicker as well, I, I would think. But You could totally uh, use some little oil rigs we were looking at earlier. You could definitely. You yeah. could, yeah. Uh, the actual way that you sort of win is that you acquire victory points. And the victory points are gained through the controlling specific objectives on the tabletop. Uh, so that might be, as they said, things like cultural centers, so cities and that kind of thing, or it might be strategic reserves. So it might be stuff like radar towers, airfields, and all that kind of thing. Each of the different, each of the times you sit down to play, things will be a little bit different in terms of the setup and all that kind of thing, alongside all the different theaters as well. So there's lots of different ways for you to sort of dive in and play around with this game. The other really cool thing about this is that the game isn't just a board game. It can actually be used as a campaign system for playing out games of Bolt Action, Victory at Sea, and Blood Red Skies. Nice. So if you have one of those games, or all three of them, you can play out those larger 28 mil style games of, say, for example, Bolt Action on the tabletop, mm-hmm. whilst also using this as your campaign map for plotting out a larger series of uh, sort of events with your friends or the local game club or something, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, I think it's a really cool idea. Uh, I like the idea that you can kind of like chop and change a little bit to this as well. So maybe, for example, if you just collect Victory at Sea, you play out all the naval engagements in you know yeah. larger scale, and then you come back and do all the stuff on land mm-hmm. or in the sky with all the other different components from Combined Arms. I think it's a really little sort of neat system mm. that they've put together there. And I think this could be pretty fun to see how this all works out. Mm. Uh, the, the, the the thing that got me was the timing. As you say, like two, three hours for a game seems fairly yeah. long, but especially for a sort of two-player affair. But I guess maybe if you had multiple people helping out and stuff like that, maybe that would just bring things It comes down to what you're playing it as, I suppose. Yes, so if true. you're playing yeah. it just as the board game, well, that's your your evening's entertainment. If mm-hmm. you're playing it as the campaign system, then you might be stopping. So it, yeah. you'll yeah. you'll play fifteen minutes or twenty minutes, and yeah. then you'll get to your your engagement, and then that will be your you know the the whatever you're going to play for bold action or <laughs> yeah, yeah. victory at sea or whatever it happens to be, or you can play through multiple turns, and then make a note like you know we have this this and this game, and then shelve it, and then come back to it. Um, with it working like a campaign system, it will be interesting. Insofar as if you have to put it away to play the game, how easy is it to put everything back to where it was, mm. or will you need to have it sitting out somewhere? Have one of those. Have one of those nice geek and sun tables where you can close the lid over the game. over the top. <laughs> well, it's yeah. pretty small to be honest. You can just stick it on a tray and put it yeah. above your fridge. Yeah, or just take a photo of it and reset things. Yeah, up, I guess, magnets. But- yeah. Magnetized sheets on the back and magnets yeah. everywhere. I see if you pre-order, you get yourself some sort of flying fortress as well. Yes, That's and nice. so if uh, this isn't for pre-ordering just the uh, the core game of Combined Arms, but if you buy one of the bundles, because they're going to do a bundle of Combined Arms, and it comes out for sale this weekend, by the way, well, pre-order mm-hmm. this weekend, you'll be able to get a bundle with bolt-action miniatures, 
with some Victory at Sea ones or some Blood Red Skies ones, or probably all of those things, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and if you buy one of those bundles, then you'll get this awesome, pretty badass plane as well for use in Blood Red Skies, which is very cool. So, awesome stuff there. Funky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I quite like it. I like I like campaign systems anyway. Um, it's interesting that on the front of the box as well that it says that it is also a board game. It's like it was written with it to be the campaign system in mind. And then it also kind of works as a board game, but then it's, but also, it's also a board, also game, a board game, game that also yeah. works as a board game. Yeah. Campaign system. So, yeah, fascinating to see how that sort mm-hmm. of works out. Uh, and I'm, I'm always always interested in playing out things like that. In fact, I was talking to Charlie about this at uh, Salute, about potentially doing something um, where we could maybe play out some games over the course of a couple of weeks and, and use this That's as the campaign operation mechanic. Or yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, you never know how these things will go. Um but moving away from historical and into the fantastical, mm-hmm. Mantic Games have announced a new two player starter set. Are you, are you excited class. about this, Jerry? By, by Am I for, uh, for yeah. what? What's it for? Mm. Uh, it's for Kings of War. Yeah. And uh it is the uh Storm in the Shires. So Last year, they released uh, Clash of Kings 2022. And apart from having a whole new balancing act in it and some new stuff and scenarios, they introduced two new forces, uh, which was the Riftforged Orcs, um, which got these new plastics, and (laughs) the Halflings of the Shire. Mounted on those. Are they little leprechauns at the front there, Jerry? They are not leprechauns. Leprechauns are much taller than that. They do. The top hat, the gold. No, no. These are the the Shire Defence League, as I call them. They got really annoyed with being part of the League of Rodria and all their taxes and stuff going off to the League. Uh, So they decided to leave the League uh, in a Shire exit. I went home and... uh, and decide to stay by themselves. Anyway, cool. yeah, they're riding uh, dogs. They are oh. riding dogs. They're riding Arleses, which is a uh, Slavic mythical beast. You can get winged versions of them. Oh, as well. his lance is very short. He's a very uh, short individual. It, it depends. <laughs> depends who he is. Do you mean this guy? Yeah. It, it, obviously, you don't want it to be too long because it then, looks then, then you'll catapult yourself yeah. into the It's air. so short, I get the, like, the impression he's just going like, to eat an ice cream or something. It just, it's like a Cornetto upside down. It just needs to go past the front of the dog. <laughs> if it goes yeah. past the front of the dog, then you are within striking range. <laughs> I quite like him. He's got a massive set of mutton chops on him as well. Yes. That's, I also uh, think that if you painted that captain. slightly differently, it would just be Jerry on a dog. So, I'd, uh, I'd definitely, <laughs> get, definitely give him a bigger weapon. <laughs> you can get a bigger weapon if you want. Yeah. I, I, I give him a, you know, a standard. Possibly use him as a muster sergeant. Give him the standard of Hodenberg. Truck around the place. Um, but yeah, interesting setup. This is the third starter box for Kings of War. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating because unlike a lot of other games and companies, they go, here's your starter box, and this will be the starter box for the entire length of this edition of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, they've had um, Shadows in the North, so was the Northern, Northern Alliance. Alliance against yeah, the yeah. Night Stalkers. Then they brought out um, the War in the Hole, so Ratkin against Goblins, and now yeah. we have the Shires. All of Do- them have... Do they always discontinue the last box, or do these come out simultaneously? They discontinue them, but while they're still in stock you can still get them so it's not like as soon as this one comes out the other ones go away uh, so you, you kind of get a refreshing 
of the uh, the line, and it means if you're if you're not a fan of the armies in War in the Holds, if you don't if you don't want evil on evil, essentially, um, then you've got other options, which is nice. It does contain the gamer edition uh, of the rules, which is everything you need for the game plus fourteen armies. Uh, if you want to get all the armies, you nice. need to pick up a copy of. Um, <clears throat> Uncharted Empires uh, to expand that but you are getting full game and then you also have a mini campaign the uh, War oh, in the Shires okay. um, which they've done before these are little A5 campaigns well, mm-hmm. my shadows of the north beside me somewhere but essentially they, they take you through building your force and playing your force and and it's sort of it's a slow grow essentially for what you have in the box set are they um, balanced then these forces are they, they are i i total them up because it is my want in life um, <laughs> they come out to about 550 points each um, okay and that's if you're using full model count yeah. but because they come with all the bases to base them individually but because Kings of War uses footprints, uh, if you get footprint bases, so if you get the five by one cavalry um, or the you know five by four infantry footprint cut out of a bit of MDF or plastic card or whatever, you can put less on and, oh, and get yeah, more yeah. out. So instead of having a full unit of 20, you could get away with 15 on a base. You just make them a little bit more like a rabble or something. Have, yeah, have them a bit more spread out and then you can squeeze a few more units out. But um, but 600 points, the core infantry are all plastic from the new sets. And then mm-hmm. there are two resin heroes, one for each, uh, Stormbringer on Manticore. Um, that guy's amazing. I love that. Beautiful looking figure. I love the way that Mantic do their orcs anyway. Mm. Yeah, the, <laughs> these are different. Um, the Rift Forged are a bit more bruisier and mm-hmm. updated. Stormcast um, Eternal Orcs. <laughs> yeah. The, but the, a large chunk of their army still comes from regular Orcs, so mm-hmm. not not all of them um, need to be, although you can just go fully Rift Forge if you want. But if you've already got existing Orcs from other stuff out there, you can mix and match. So I love the Goblins. The Mantic Goblins are so good. Mantic Goblins are awesome. Yeah. I've been yeah. very good so far. I've only got oh. a Warband for Vanguard. So <laughs> I only got a warband for Vanguard, but um, I was thinking if I pick up the war in the hold before it goes away, that would give me a bunch of goblins and some more rack uh, for my rack in. Uh, I don't need any of these it. things, but I'm you know I will because it's me. <laughs> but yeah, I I re- I'd like to see I like to see that they're sort of churning through as well that they're not does just it, setting does up it, one thing. Does it build on the storyline that's unfolding in Panathor as well yeah. as, it, as it goes? Yeah. Okay. So the the Rift Forge essentially got created we already had the halflings part of the league of rodria um but now this is just a pure halfling army like i say they shirexited the league um so this gives a, just a full army but you can still field half some halflings stayed some some didn't want to go back to the shires and lock the doors so you can still have them in, in older armies um as supplemental the rift forge essentially the last campaign that they had helped rift um, the orcs took a massive shoeing out of all of the factions, and and Mantic looked at that and went, you know, if we advance the storyline, how can we we add this in? So the orcs had been originally created by essentially an evil god, Garkan, and he looked at his his minions getting slapped from all over the place and went, no, we need to fix this. So he spent some twa- time tweaking away at the orcs and then released a whole new batch onto the world. So yeah. so this pushes on from Halpies and then the Storm in the Shires campaign will push on as well. Mantic have said they're going to be doing a big worldwide campaign this year for Kings of War. Nice. So I don't know that's where that's cool. going to go because they did a little mini one because Halpies had been out for a year, but 
everything had been locked down. And so it was kind of, we'll, we'll do a long weekend. People can feed in. We can, we can at least say that that storyline has wrapped up and moved oh, on. Oh yeah. You fed your batteries into that, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Four halfling victories. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, yeah. So it's, it's exciting times and, uh, and nice, nice box set currently up for pre-order. So I think it comes out in March. Nice. Or like a week long. or so. So yeah, not not too much longer to go. Uh, I don't need another copy of the rules, but I will take a copy of the rules because by Grabthar's hammer, what a savings if you're picking up those boxes. So it's all good in the hood. Mm-hmm. Now, staying with me, but moving away from the Shire, um, Fireforge Games have been teasing. Haven't they just? Um, what they're planning on doing for their upcoming Kickstarter. Uh, where mm. they will be visiting the Sengoku Jedi periods, the warring states. Um, so these are, as they say themselves, prototype models, and they are early versions of the prototype models as well um, that they've had sitting around for a while. So they're they're sort of cutting and changing and playing with at the moment. But the idea is to have seven different box sets available by the end of the campaign. Wow. Presumably some of that will be dependent on how well it goes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but we've already seen samurai cavalry, uh, both with the big Yumi bows and uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of that. I want to say it's like Barta or something like that. Their spear, uh, but also samurai infantry as well, which are looking I love absolutely that adorable. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the the over the shoulder. He's about to stab somebody in the face. Hi, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a different pose, but it's a very I suppose martial art style, mm. like he's you know just about to finish off. Uh, well, probably Billy Conley, to be fair, he's <laughs> about, about to get it. Yeah. But they have been asking for feedback on these on their Facebook page. Um, things like how many pieces do people want to see? So, do you want to have just one torso and legs, or do you want to have the torso separate? More pieces is good for flexibility, but can be a pain when you're trying to build a lot of armies. Um, so they're they're trying to work these bits and pieces out at the moment as they mm. sort of go through and start tweaking um, and look for feedback now rather than people start to give feedback when they've started to do sort of prototype plastic tooling. Uh, that can be a bit of a pain in the backside. Yeah. There's I'm quite also- excited because I already have a whole army's worth of war games factory. Yes. Samurai. Very stuff. old ones. <laughs> the, the ones that um, Warlord have now. That I've never built, hmm. but I'm looking at these going, oh, I might need these instead. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. These will be scaled to the other Fireforge ranges. So these will be uh, a bit of a chunkier 28 mil, um, or heroic as people call it these days. So they'll match the, the ranges they do. They already do a Mongol uh, range. So potentially you could have uh, Japanese against Mongolians. I think they've also said they're going to be doing monks. So it, it'll really come down to what seven um, boxes they go for. You imagine we're going to see cavalry. We know we're going to get Ashiguru, but will there be two Ashiguru boxes, one with ranged weapons, because they could have That'll bows and guns, yeah. and then those hand cannons, or... And then others with spears. They, yeah. yeah, or will they try and put them all on the same thing? They generally don't do massive sprues, so I no. think... I think yeah. we're more likely to see a couple of infantry boxes and a couple probably of just a, like a foot samurai box will probably be one as well. I yeah. Imagine. yeah, 
Um, but it's it's exciting times. Very exciting because um, summarise the flavour of twenty twenty two. Oh, I know. Clash We've of Katanas is coming very very mm. soon. Clash of Katanas is coming next week. Oh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the Kickstarter Jedi. and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. So I'm obviously on my lookout for all sorts of samurai now. Lloyd, Lloyd, you could uh, you could play a game. I wonder what game. <laughs> he's he's been added in a few samurai stories recently. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, but um, but I, I'm kind of still torn between this and maybe just going and just buying a lot of stuff from um, Steel Fist Miniatures. Well, I was thinking metal ones. I was thinking foot stores. The foot were not have like a really nice range. Great for games. Range. Yeah, yeah, they do. Warring Clans and Grey for now do the um, a Test of Honour. I was trying, and they're both mix and matchable as well. So, yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there. Imagine having all these options. Ridiculous. Yeah, you, you, wait, you wait decades for someone to play Samurai with. <laughs> and then a billion Samurai come along at once. Yeah, everybody comes Hello. along. Hello, it's the year. Still not a Tom Cruise anywhere, though, which is, you know, <laughs> That's a, a travesty. Do we need this, it? this is exactly how this works out. I bitch and moan about playing Samurai for years. It becomes flavor of the month or year, and I don't even get in on the action. That's this. That's basically what's going to happen. <laughs> it might not. Um, I, I'll tell you now. There will be a copy of Clash of Katanas kicking around because I'm picking it up. <laughs> There's no way on God's green and verdant earth I will not be getting into Clash of Katanas. So it doesn't matter what we play with. We will. Did the saga version ever come out yet? No. They're still working on that. Yes. And it's Quiet, quietly in the background. Quietly, very quietly in the background, because the next thing they're due to release is, I think, Caesar. Oh dear, so, they've they've missed the pulse on that. Yeah, they'll be late to the party. They're still, they're still focusing on their. Oh, um, they'll, they'll bring it up. They'll bring it out once everyone has released all of their samurai stuff, so mm -hmm. you can very easily dive in and play the game. Yep. There so you go. Yeah. Oh, they're just being crafty and wait mm -hmm. for the player base to be built, and then go look at this other set of oh rules God. that you really, really want. Mm. <laughs> who, can, who can say how things will pan out for that but yeah uh, worth keeping your eye out and if you are interested in samurai and you're on the book of faces uh you can stop off and let them know what you think scream at them that they don't need hilts on their katanas and stuff like that authenticity you know, but you also, can just nip them stuff. off well you know this is this is what somebody was complaining about <laughs> Don't need to do both on the screw. Just do them with hilts on there. And we'll cut them off if we don't need them. Going, sure, mate. Okay. Grand. Anyway, Sherlock Free. Okay. So Lucky Duck Games have teamed up with the BBC. So we're bringing Sherlock Holmes to the tabletop, not just with a one-off Sherlock game, but Lucky Duck has started collaborating with BBC. So this means familiar characters, settings and storylines taking front and centre on our tabletops in a series. So we've got Benedict Cumberbund, ben, ex-Benedict Cumberbund, and Martin <laughs> Freeman, um, and they'll gear it up for Sherlock on a series of titles over at Lucky Duck. And the first one we have got is Sherlock Case Connection. So it's the first one to be announced by Lucky Duck uh, for the Sherlock series, and it's a competitive puzzle game. So where players are going to be thrust into an investigation. So it's inspired <laughs> by the BBC. 
show. Um, Are you giggling at the word thrust, Lloyd? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm maybe still thinking about Cumberbum. <laughs> I, I just want to know what everyone's favourite one is. Mine is Eggs Benedict Cumberbum, but everybody knows who you're talking about. You just do. <laughs> so it's focused on cases which Sherlock does present. It's for two to four players and they'll attempt to solve the case that Sherlock is upwind of. So they're going to need to collect proof, synthesise evidence and in a series of clue hunting so you're going to strive to be the next best investigator referencing scenes from the show and potentially out with Sherlock himself so this has been announced as a cooperative game the police are coming to get me I apologise Sherlock has tracked you down Uh, he has indeed he's coming at you for your bad puns they're always the best puns (laughs) are bad Lloyd I did. Uh, he's going to be cooperative, so all players are going to fight to become the best detective. So it's paralleling the likes of Sherlock, and players are going to have to be on their toes to find more clues and decrypt and synthesize the evidence to prove the most worthy compared to their competitors. So, as you can see, the artwork is familiar from the series. It's taking off stills from the TV show. So it's all on the tokens, the game boards, the cards, the referencing things in the show in general. So I do like the fact that you can play it in half an hour, apparently. It's a very, very quick one. Uh, and it's pitch How could you play this in half an hour? How could, how could this be quicker than an actual episode of the show? Yeah, I know. That's a very good point. Because it's pitch for eight plus. So it means the themes are not going to be too much of a hardship to learn and it's perfect for smaller I, investigators keen on developing their skills. I assume it's going to be puzzles. done using the kind of digital sort of app-based stuff that Lucky Duck have been doing previously because they use that for a lot of their like clue-based games. I assume that's why they've got all those different things that you can sort of pick up on the the different cards and stuff, which would be yes. pretty interesting. So There's yep. no way it's going to be half an hour. You spend the first half an hour trying to install the app. <laughs> you don't count that in the time. <laughs> but it, up now. it is set to be released uh, worldwide, completely worldwide audience uh, in loads of different languages, such as English, French, Italian, and Polish. Um, and it's going to be heading to uh, tabletops in the second quarter of the year. So if you are after this one, keep your eye out for Sherlock Case Connection, but we will be seeing more Sherlock themed stuff. Sounds very cool. As someone who very much enjoys Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, I think this could be a neat little kind of like step up Mm -hmm. in those kind of games. Although I do quite like those ones because the fir- for the first like 15 minutes of playing Consulting Detective, you all sit around with the old copies of the newspaper and you pour through it silently. <laughs> and then someone goes, ooh, and you go, huh? And you go, oh, wait, wait, wait. And then you keep reading for about 10 more minutes. And then you go, well, I found nothing in my paper. <laughs> what did you find in yours? <laughs> Melons all <sealed. laughs> Something in my way is getting rid of a swimming pool. <laughs> I, I assume it is app-based since there's yeah, not a, yeah. a bit of text on any of the yes. cards. It's all stills that. and images. Yeah. They've done some really nice stuff with their games and their kind of like investigation. Uh, they, they, I think it's just called the investigation series. I mean, but yeah, they're very, very cool. Uh, they did some nice stuff in the past. It's very interactive and it's got lots of ways for it to kind of like add replay value to it as well. So mm-hmm. it'd be very interesting to see how that one plays out. Yes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, where are we off to next? We're going back in time. Uh, we're going back to the mid-war of World War Two. John's not with us, unfortunately, but I will <laughs> Is that endeavor. You're to talk- singing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I will endeavor to talk about tanks and get everything wrong. Uh, so we're heading back to the mid-war with more stuff. So as you might have um, 
seen over the last couple of weeks. And also at the start of this week, we did some unboxings for their starter sets. Mm. So you had to book in Kazarine. Kazarine's the one you can win this week, kids. It is. <laughs> uh, Anniversary but, tomorrow. Yeah. In addition to those starter sets, there's also four new uh, sort of company boxes. So they've done one for the Fighting First, so you're Americans. Mm. They've done one for the Africa Corps, so you're Germans. You've got the Armoured Fist, the Brits, and then the Avanti, which is your Italians. Uh, as you can see, they all come with a shed load of tanks. Oh, yeah. So if you like armour, they have definitely given that to you. And then also the things to then blow up the tanks in the form of the artillery and the anti-tank guns as well. So, How many guns do the Italians need? <laughs> 488s. Now that's, that's area control on a board for Flames of War. You just put those in a line like that on one side of the board and your opponent yeah. will not come on that side of the board. Ah, the British have found some way to hunker down. Blow up the castle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's, uh, this is one of the things that uh, a lot of people have pointed out. There's a lot of tanks and artillery mm-hmm. in these boxes. Not much infantry. In fact, not, not no infantry. Um, and as John was talking about in one of his boxes, they are kind of key to a lot of the different ways that you can play Flames of War. Yeah. Um, so I would assume we're either going to be seeing some repackaged infantry kits in the near future for the mid-war, mm-hmm. or you'll just be able to go and scout out a lot of the plastic kits they've done previous to this. Um, it's one of the things that I've always quite liked about Flames of War is I've really enjoyed it at this scale at 15 mil, mm. but I've really liked it when you see the infantry actions going on alongside the sort of combined arms with the tanks yeah. and stuff as well. So hopefully we'll see some more stuff for that in the future. But if you just want tanks, then these are basically the way to get in and pick yeah. up every tank you could ever need, <laughs> effectively, for each these forces. I think John has done unboxings of all of these. You'll be seeing oh, them yeah. popping yeah. up fairly soon. I have yeah. to say, if... Um, if you're planning on playing out the mid-war and playing out that North African Libyan campaign, having a truckload of tanks isn't a bad thing because uh, there was an awful lot of large tank engagements because you had tons of open open area where there wasn't desert. anything going on. <laughs> so they yeah. just did donuts around each other in the middle of the desert. Then occasionally they would run into something like a Tobruk where they would just siege that for the next couple of years where mm. it would pass back and forth a couple of times, actually. Um, yeah. But having little... Infantry is not necessarily a terrible thing for mid-war uh, for North Africa. So it's a, definitely a good place to start. It's also much easier to learn the game with tanks. Oh, yes. Weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes infantry, or you get games where infantry are the simple way to learn, and then you have to learn all the new rules for tanks and armor and vehicles later on. With this, it's kind of the other way around. If you can if you can play with tanks, then you can definitely play with the infantry. Uh, infantry that's the way uh, John looks at everything in life if it's like a tank it's great so uh, (laughs) uh, there's also um, the North Africa book as well is available to to pick up and stuff as well so if you wanted to pick up the mid-war book and dive into all of the specifically themed factions and stuff um, for your battles in the desert then you can find that dive in and read to all of that it'll have all the rules in there that you need to get going alongside um, historical information and painting guides and all sorts of different things as well so it's kind of like your one-stop shop when it comes to mm. playing the mid-war at this particular point there may be additional uh, force books in the future as they did with the bulge and things but uh, yeah. uh, for now that is your starting point and it's a good way to sort of get your head around the period and sort of how the war was fought there so yeah, it, and it's the same sort of style they've done before where they've compiled the smaller books they've released. So if you didn't start mid-war um, and haven't been collecting up all those smaller forces books over the last couple of years since um, the new edition came out, that just compiles them all into one 
handy volume. Uh, so no messing around and no having to Indeed. chase after four or five different books. So I quite like that. It's good. I appreciate it. Now, I also appreciate stuff for Saga. And Gripping <laughs> Beast have uh, been previewing some new plastics. Yeah. Sticking with the Celts, uh, we have got Pictish and uh, Welsh coming. And we've got to see the, the artwork for the front of the boxes. But also, there's been a, a couple of little previews of the plastics <laughs> as well. They released the Irish a little while ago. And these use the same core part of the sprue uh, with oh, okay. sort of slight variations. So mm -hmm. you have a lovely pick there. And likewise, we have a Welshman with a big bull haircut on him. Mm -hmm. Hello, Welshman. Hello, massive haircut. Um, <laughs> we've also, uh, Brush Demon has been doing some uh, some painting on them as Early well. Work on these, yeah. So here you can see some of the Welsh really to rock and roll. And also, some of the work done with the picts. Oh, oh cool tattoos. Patient yeah. freehanding. Mm -hmm. and, and all the checks. Check, please. They're very short skirts. <laughs> yeah. Freezing. Do you, you think Freezing. you're talking to a teenager daughter? Is <laughs> you're, not, you're not going out to war in those skirts. No, I <laughs> you have to uh, knuckle down and uh, no, no child of mine is going to go out and defeat the Romans dressed like that. <laughs> uh, Pirate Rich Paints got a previous or test sprue of each, shall I say. Uh, so you get a chance to run over them. But if I just, oh, I want to pause it. How do I pause? That's how I pause. You can see the top of the sprue has the same five bodies, then the shields, and then the same arms and heads. So you get down to about halfway or three quarters of the way. That's the Irish sprue. So the bottom quarter, bottom third, is where they put the differentiation in. So the Irish got uh, DNAxes and that sort of thing. There's a few extra heads for the um, picks. You get your crossbows and cloaks. There mm -hmm. we go. So you've got your hooded. Oh, hooded man, I love, a, I love a good hood. Yep. Yeah. And, and they're unusual Pictish shields of all sort of strange and unusual rectangular geometric shapes. Mm -hmm. um, Likewise, then the Welsh has their own little changes on the bottom of their sprue, uh, which will be in here somewhere as well. Yeah, you can scroll through this at home. But interesting set. The fact that all three kits use the same core means that the boxes could be mixed and matched uh, to your sort of heart's content. Let me clarify. So there's three different sets three in different three different sets. boxes. Irish are already out. Yeah. Picts and Welsh are coming, and they all have the same bodies, heads, and arms up to a point, and then they change. So for that period, you can get away with quite a lot of mixing and matching, especially when it comes to Picts, Irish, and Scots. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of blending going on there. Boxes are, I want to say it was 25 people in a box uh, for 18 quid, so reasonable. It does mean you're only getting one Pictish crossbow per sprue, so that's only five per box which seems lacking for me. Uh, so if you are doing something like Saga, you're going to need another it's seven. It's Soviet message, one person in the village gets a crossbow mm. and everyone has to share it. That's mm -hmm. the, yeah. <laughs> obviously, they're not they're not making these for Saga. They have um, Sword Point, their own Sword game, point, yeah, which, yeah. which they're all they're sort of tailored towards. They also match in the gripping base style. Um, so if you have metals, then these plastics will work with it. I'm not a fan. 
of the chunky gripping bass style. I, I picked up the Sons of Death for Saga years ago, uh, and they are very chunky, robust. They do make the scubs very easy to paint up um, because they are big, solid chunks. So you can see very clearly defined arms, legs, faces, that sort of thing. Um, but it's an aesthetic choice that not everybody likes. Uh, if you've got a load of foot sore stuff for Saga and you put these side by side, you will noticeably see the difference between the picks and the picks, depending on company. Uh, so it's one of those things where you'll have to decide for yourself whether it's for you or not. Uh, well, you know, it depends on what you're after. I, I, yeah, I let's not you. let's not forget what it's like when we stand next to you, Jay. It's the same. It's the equivalent of me standing beside you. <laughs> we are real world people. That, that is true. Like I, I quite like the original um, Vikings and Saxons that Gripping Beast did because they yep. were perfect for playing Saga, like effectively within a, a couple of days. Yeah. Because you get those, they were very plug and play miniatures, and because of that kind of modularity. almost modularity in the way that these the sculpts themselves were cut, if you know what I mean. It, it was, as you say, very easy to paint them. So it's, it, I assume these are essentially in that same format of yeah. these will be oh, yeah. very quick and easy but to are they the big? To play. Because the original Vikings in the box I find mixed in far better with my Footsworn minis than they did with anything that came from Gripping Beast. Oh, when I say big, I don't mean that they're they're larger. They're not like a heroic 32 type of thing. Okay. I mean they're chunky. Everybody looks like they're well-fed. <laughs> You know, um, the if I go back to the Welshman with his bull cut, had a lot probably, of rations. It's probably the best way to show that uh, they are not aesthetically fine people. Mm. They're not like Russian ballerinas, then. No, no, not uh, short yeah. of a couple of males. Yeah, he's got uh, very broad arms, very, and a big yeah. head, <laughs> big, big head, yeah, chunky features. Uh, massive tash, which is always good. Oh yeah, you know. So it's it, it's one of those things. Not everybody likes the the aesthetics of the sculpts. It's not a sizing issue. It's a it's it's a style issue for mm -hmm. some people. Yeah. Um, they do have open hands as well, which is the same way as their metal. So uh, it does feel like you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the metals and the plastics when you've got things like that sitting side by side, where sometimes you'll, you'll have a very noticeable difference on them. Um, but yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's nice to have options and to be able to get dark age plastic picks. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, what a time to be alive. <laughs> as they say in France, possibly. I don't know. Mostly they say you can't do this here. And then they set your car on fire. It's mostly what they say in France. <laughs> But there you have it. Just like the picks. Just like the picks. Oh, psycho. Yeah. So uh, if you're after some Celts from Gripping Beast, keep your eye out for those. Uh, I believe they're going on order very shortly. Uh, so they can't be far away. Mm -hmm. Excellent for Saga. Just saying. If you're playing along at home, you should be drunk by now. Where are we finishing <laughs> off the news, Free? We're approaching Red Nose Day, so that means lots of lulls and lots of entertainment to support comic relief and their venture to rid the world of poverty. So this year, Red Nose Day has organised a session for Dungeons & Dragons fans in the name of entertainment. So with an opportunity for anybody to get themselves into a very special role-playing campaign on a remote island immersed in a bespoke Dungeons & Dragons session. So don't worry, this isn't off the coast of the Caribbean. Really looks like that, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
It's interesting players will be headed to the desolated island off the coast of Essex, named OC Island. I've seen this written down. Is it OC? OC Island. OC. OC Island. Uh, I think he's near Kent, to be fair, if I'm right, but we all know that geography is not exactly my strong suit. So, uh, OC Island. Uh, Main focus of the prize is the uniquely created Dungeon Dragons campaign, which is designed with the trustworthy hand of well-known Dungeon Master Johnny Chiodini. Chiodini? Chiodini, Chiodini. There you go. It's another word you see written down. Mm. Uh, And he's been to the party of members of Oxventure. So, but wait, there's more. So Mm. along with the entry to the campaign, the winner's got Two nights in a spooky OC island themed into the D&D session. They get a chance to stay in the stunning coastal property, which is named the Captain's House. Ooh. And you get to be wined and dined and get your food and drinks delivered to you so you can stay put and enjoy the spooky scenery. Uh, plus, while you're there, you get a chance to try your hands at some target sports like axe throwing and archery. So there is loads to do. So enter in competition. I was going to say the last time they did this, because so they've done this before. Yeah. And they had Mark Sherlock Humes do it. He was a very good um, uh, DM as well. Uh, he And that was in Warwick Castle. Warwick Castle <laughs> was the last one. Warwick Castle <laughs> doing some island in the middle. Survive. <laughs> I assume they're going to do some sort of terrible horror thing. I have, assume so, yeah. It does look. In the grand scheme of things, I have put players on an island like that just off the coast of England in many a Cthulhu adventure. <laughs> and not everybody gets off that causeway at the end yeah. of it. And the ones yeah. that are changed and not no. for the better. No. Uh, but it's it's really easy to enter. You don't have to do anything. You don't need to put any details in. It's just opt in for your chance to win. Mm. It's lovely supporting comic relief. And I know that D and D has been said is been a hit with uh, Red Nose Day over the last couple of years. Um, so this adventure is loads of stuff. Yeah, they yeah. did with yeah. loads of celebrity D and D sessions as well, wasn't there? So mm-hmm. this is quite a big one for they're doing year in year out. It's for two nights. If it's up your street, it might be worth the entry. Plus trip is designed for two people as well mm. so you can bring your best adventuring buddy or take your wife if you really want uh, that'd be fun or you can take your worst enemy and drown them <laughs> <laughs> it's that one um yeah take your take, take your mate hard mode you know don't, see, don't, see don't take doing. don't take your girlfriend or your wife or anything take your mate i did that well i didn't do that my mate's girlfriend was organizing a trip for them to um barcelona and in the end, I went instead of her. <laughs> oh, you should go, Lloyd. I think you'll have more fun on holiday with you. And I, ah, sure. Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> that about wraps us up for the news for this week. But we're going to hand over to past me, who's going to tell you all about the stuff that Luke Battlemats have been releasing for the first quarter of this year. Take it away, me. All right, folks, so I don't have a Warren to meet his mat. I don't have a Justin with his wood. It's just me and my books. And the books I have are from Luke. Uh, So these are currently up on order. I think they're due for release fairly shortly, but these are the little book of Battle Mats Wilderness Edition and also the two volume big book of Battle Mats. Uh, So like the other Luke books, they are complementary. Uh, if I throw this round the back, you can see the little book has got a variety of mats for you to use for your games, uh, all one inch squares. 
Uh, so we've got junglism, we've got some standing stones, ruined buildings, ice, water, sands, caves, everything you'll need for your games. And then the larger book also has these, but in two additional sets, uh, which can be combined in various ways, which I'll show you because I'm good like that. So if we have a look at our little book first, um, it's relatively compact and bijou. If you are not a big map gamer like myself, but you want to keep a track of where people are in combat, uh, then you can use this and just have a small group of figures down so you can tell where people are at. Uh, as you may notice, I've got a little set of standing stones on here or ruined walls. Uh, these are static terrain. Let me see if I can get a piece up. I have no fingernails, so you'll have to bear with me as I ruin these. There we go. So these come from an additional pack of static terrain pieces, of which there are 90 for the Wilderness Edition, um, which come on sheets just like this. As you can see, I've already been playing with them, but they've got anything you need for your sort of scenarios from rivers to trees to hedges and pools, and even a little camp is available as well. And some bigger things. Uh, so this is quite cute. If I jump into one of the bigger books, you can see if I go to the same page, roughly, the small book is set, so it's got the same length as one of these, so you can use it to extend if you do have the books, and then you can plot out your various runes. Or if you don't need the little book, you play with the larger ones, then you can obviously just go completely ham on this. They are also dry wipeable, which means if you have something like a clever trapdoor that people have found, you can mark it on afterwards. Or if you have locations to be searched, you can cross off where they're at, and then they can all be just wiped clean afterwards because dry erase is what it does. It wipes clean. Uh, when you come to stick the books together, you can do some interesting bits and bobs. Obviously, all of these pages are full color and the illustrations on them are absolutely stonkingly gorgeous. You can see here, I've got a rowboat that I've put together. And then when you grab the same pages from the other book, and this is nine and 10, and I also have a nine and 10, you could do that and give yourself a two by two to play on. Or if you're like me and old and grouchy, you could do something like that. And maybe they've come up the river looking for this waterfall where you can see I've got a little set of stepping stones leading up to the waterfall itself. But maybe it's not a waterfall. Maybe in fact, when your people explore, it turns out it's the entrance to Hidden Gave behind the waterfall, dun, dun, dun. Storytelling at its finest, folks. You know you love it. So obviously, like all of the Luke battle mats, these are self-contained. You can just get the wilderness book and go through it and get yourself some great maps to play on from jungles to deserts and beaches. Or you can combine these with some of the earlier Luke battle mats they've done. Um, so they're already fantasy out, outside wilderness sort of areas. I believe just the, the original book of battle mats is a fantasy one in a similar vein to this and has similar pages 
but with slightly different um, layouts on them so you can combine multiple books together now to actually get quite a large playing surface if you need it. So that's one thing Luke are doing, which is the wilderness books of battle mats. Always good fun. But the exciting and new thing Luke are doing, exciting and new. Obviously they know a lot of people play RPGs with their stuff. So they have the Luke immersive GM screen, as you can see here. And this is really nice because it is just a generic screen. On one side, we have that delightful cityscape. But if you were taking my amazing layout of my hidden waterfall cave, then you could instead throw up this wilderness instead. Or if you're, paint, if you're painting miniatures and you're taking pictures, they make a really nice backdrop, just saying. Uh, so they've started to move into, I'm gonna call it generic role-playing add-ons. Uh, the books are there, great. The terrain packs are there, very nice. In fact, there's a, a GM bundle coming that will include quite a lot more scenery than is in this pack, plus the GM screen. But they've also done a few other things. Coming close, Shay. Come to me. This is the deck of combat twists. 150 cards to enhance your RPG combat encounters. And this is a thing of genius because it will get a lot of play for D&D fans, I'm sure. However, it is completely generic. So if I toss away that, there's two little cards explain how you use them. However, you can just chuck that to one side because it tells you how you use them on the back. You have targeting, you have wild magic, you have tactics, and you have environment. And literally, you just flip these cards when you need to do something. So if you're running a game and you need to decide who's been hit by something horrendous, you can just flip the card over and it will tell you uh, Dexter attack, targeting who, closest target on the right, where in the cheek the effect will leave a scar and you can use as much or as little as this as you need to. So if you don't need the effect, if you are literally trying to randomize a party member, you just stop at who. If it needs to be any more specific, you've got the other bits there or you can use the effect as well, which is really nice, especially for random encounters when people are moving. Uh, to give you some ideas of some of the things that you can find. Here we have Pincushion for Wild Magic. All arrows head to this spot regardless of where they are. Um, blah, blah, blah. And then I would then just play a targeting card and it would tell me character closest on the left. Or it might tell me the character with the most armor. So you can be hit up by things like that. My favorite of all the cards so far that I found has got to be the environmental card, which is Forlorn Goblin. Deprived of company, the lonely little goblin steps out of the shadows, arms wide and goes in for a mid-combat hug. I mean, that's nice. It's not the weirdest thing in the environment deck. There's another one that says, all the terrain that you're hiding behind is magically imbued temporarily and gets up and walks. So if you're hiding behind some bushes and rocks, waiting to ambush somebody, and all of a sudden your cover just leaves, leaving you crouched down, looking like morons. Uh, so that 
I think is going to get an awful lot of use from any gamer. Uh, particularly good for new gamers, I think, because the hardest part of running a campaign is all of the supplemental work you have to do, having to build up adventures, having to add in encounters. There's a lot of prep work that goes into it. And if you're new to something like D&D or any role-playing game, that takes the heavy lifting away, as does this. And this is all kinds of awesome. Let me just do that. Oh, the editor's gonna love that noise. The untold encounters of the random kind. 1,000 random RPG encounters for any tabletop RPG, although it is compatible with 5e. And there's a reason it's generic, but also compatible. Um, if I flip through here, there are tables galore uh, spread over 340 pages going from town to wilderness, dungeons, and then at the end, there are actually six scenarios written for 5e. Um, so you can have that. And then there's also the random tables of what happens when you're out and about. And this means you can literally randomize your encounters. You can prep these in advance or have this book with you. And when you're, you're playing party, as they always do, wander away from your finely crafted scenario and decide to go and explore a house for no reason because they've seen a light in the window, then you can, you know, start rolling up and seeing what happens when they go into these places. Um, it's great for prep in advance, but also to randomly generate stuff that happens to them. And like I say, it's split between towns and wildernesses. You've got all sorts of different adventures for different areas. Uh, people they'll run into, things that might happen to them when they're in there. So because they've decided to go to a town for no reason, they could find themselves in the middle of a siege or a secret war. So it's great for uh, GMs to just start generating whole slews of adventures. If I pop to the back, like ignore the wilderness encounters, you have things like environmental encounters and descriptions. So maybe that pool on one of the books in the wilderness map isn't actually cool, clear water. Maybe it's cool, clear hydrochloric acid, or maybe it's uh, some form of gelatinous blob, just having a, a, a rest in a pit. Don't go jumping into water just because you see water. It may not be the same. The 5e adventures are started and uh, set up for playing. However, they also give you examples of what the things are. So if you're not playing 5e, it may suggest that the stats are a certain way for a certain protagonist, but also here is that generic rundown of the protagonist. So if you want to restart it for your own adventure, here are the key points you should be looking at. He might be tough. He might be immune to magic. He might have a specific amulet or piece of equipment with him. And this, this book in and of itself is just amazing. Obviously, fantasy slant, but there's no reason why you couldn't adapt this to sci-fi if you wanted to. Uh, there's just so much in this. Like I say, 340 pages. It's a gift to any GM, or uh, if you're going to be D&D about it, any DM as well. That and that make a GM's life so easy. It's hardly even an effort these days to run a game. But 
All of this is currently up to pre-order, uh, will be available shortly, and I imagine we'll be playing some games and using a lot of the uh, the bits and pieces from these untold encounters in there. I know Shay's already got his his eyes on these to take away from me as soon as this camera stops rolling. So I'm just going to keep talking forever, Shay, so you can never take them. Yeah, you grin all you like, boy. Uh, anyway, let me know what you think below about Luke, and we're going to go back to the show. So there we have it. Thank you, past me, for showing us those lovely Luke things. Um, I really, really do think anybody who has an inkling for RPGs um, should pick up the encounter book. Or, or skirmish gaming, like as well. Like, oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not even worried yeah. about the mats, but particularly the the encounters book is a uh -huh. no-brainer for any GM yeah. or would-be GM, yeah, yeah, regardless yeah. of how long you've been playing. If it's your first game you're ever thinking of running or if you've been doing it for decades uh it's just got so much stuff in it uh so yeah fascinating fascinating Very stuff cool. from luke as always uh i did say in that that it was march's release actually some of it's already come out and the rest is on pre-order uh for march so depending on what you're after you may find some things like the wilderness books are already out there in the wild and <laughs> the wilderness anyway to finish off the show as always we have a couple of kickstarters benjamino what have you found uh so uh the two that i've picked up for this week are decidedly grim dark in nature uh there's no there's no warhammer though it's okay <laughs> <laughs> no, they've not gone to kickstarter just yet it's a game found <laughs> or their own uh funding platform called warhammer fund me now please <laughs> With a, uh, but anyway, so we started things off with a look at what Daniel D. Fox and his team have been doing when it comes to the RPG known as Zweihander. So <gasps> Zweihander, for a lot of people, will uh, will be familiar, is a kind of um, sort of stopgap role playing game mm -hmm. that came out around the end of the sort of well second edition. And through the period of the third edition of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, mm -hmm. where uh, kind of fantasy fight games took over and turned into a little bit of something different. Uh, a so, terrible board game. Exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Zweihander came in and was kind of like a return to the sort of second edition classic feel mm. of playing uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, but obviously with its own label and world that they created within it, very heavily sort of um, uh, influenced by Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Mm. They then, from that point, over the last couple of years, have kind of been changing and developing this so that it's less of a Warhammer Fantasy roleplay but different mm. uh, system and more of, as you can see by the title and stuff, a fantasy horror RPG. So it now takes inspiration from the likes of um, Solomon Kane and that kind of those kind of stories. A little bit of Dark Souls in there. If you like your anime, Berserk is also a big influence on what they do, especially in the artwork and the slightly... <sighs> weird crazy chaotic elements that they've built into this too um there's also a lot in there that is very sort of influenced by kind of weird gothic art and stuff and very baroque um elements too um this has all then sort of been condensed into this new uh beginner friendly starter kit that they've designed um so there's the uh the standard edition which you see there which comes with the player's guide so it's kind of like a a guide for players effectively to get them building their characters and learning how to play the game 
There's also the Games Master's Secrets book, uh, which is sort of like a guide to um, telling stories and using monsters and all the different encounters that you'll dive into. There's also a full adventure included in this called The Secrets of Swansea, uh, which is sort of... Um, there is a is- Swansea? I was just about to say, wow! <laughs> it's in the south of Wales. Everybody knows it, all right? Uh, which is really cool. So that's been designed as kind of like a psychological horror mystery, which I think is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh. There's a map of uh, Swansea as well. <laughs> Again, just look on Google Maps, guys. <laughs> Uh, there's also a whole bunch of uh, dice in there there's a GM screen there's all the character folios for the different professions that you can take and there's also a bunch of cards that you can use to kind of make uh, gameplay a little bit easier Um, A Field in England which is a very good film it's an amazing film I'm glad there's other people I would also recommend The Witch as well that's also Mm. very good Uh, but yeah so as you can see they're kind of drawn influences from a lot of stuff that isn't just one fantasy roleplay obviously you could use this but I don't see why you would when one fancy roleplay fourth edition exists, exists. and it's yeah. and it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but if you wanted to try and tell a little bit of a different story, this is kind of where this fits in because it can be used to kind of either develop the world that they've created yes. or sort of um, design well build on one that you've come up with your uh, by yourself. So yeah, very cool. Um, the expanded sort of version of the uh, starter set then comes with. Um, uh, a set of like special coins in there there's also new maps and artwork and all that kind of thing as well and then it includes all of the additional stretch goals at the same time um it's still a d100 system so it's a d100 percentile and you roll low obviously in order to survive in order to succeed in tests they've also thrown in loads of additional bits and pieces in there for kind of like weird magic and all sorts of different things like that it's very reminiscent of one fantasy role playing a lot of the different in the themes and kind of like magic is seen as something that is weird and people rely on like um trinkets and talismans in order to keep themselves from being yeah. dragged off into the darkness and all that kind of thing it's also incredibly brutal it has chaos and all sorts of corruption elements built into it as well um it, it's it's a, a really fun one that i think a lot of people have very have very much dived into and had, uh, had fun with over the years i know it's also won ellies as well the the initial mm-hmm. Zweihander rules yeah. because it is and that's a pretty big deal when it comes yeah. to role-playing games mm. um so this isn't just sort of like a knockoff as a lot of people see it it's actually developed into something a lot deeper than you might have first thought so if you kind of like disregarded Zweihander when it first came out uh, in favor of you know playing second edition or fourth edition one fancy role play mm-hmm. it's definitely something to look at if you want to try and look at something a little bit different which is really cool um They've also um, got, as, as Jerry was showing off uh, over on the Kickstarter page, a Session Zero starter kit. Um, so if you want to play the game, but you don't particularly, well, if you want to, if you're interested by the game, but you don't want to pledge yet. Try before you, can, you buy. You can yeah. try before you buy. It's entirely free, the Session Zero kit. It That's comes fun. with, it comes, comes with a, a bunch of characters for you to play as, a short story, essentially like a Session Zero, kind of setting mm. things up and sort of in, ingratiating you to the world of Spy Hunter. Uh, and as I say, it's utterly free, so there's no reason not to download it and give it, give it, a, give it a go. Um, you can have a look at the mechanics, see whether or not they fit for you. Uh, and if they do, definitely uh, make sure to go and back this and, and see what you think. It is incredibly well-funded, as you might imagine. Yeah. And they have bust through a whole bunch of different stretch goals, so there's those things added in to that higher-tier pledge as well. But if you just want digital or physical versions of the basic starter kit, you can also do that. So, yeah, very cool. There was a bit in the video that looked like it was an open mic night. <clears throat> <laughs> one of the artwork towards the end I'm telling you yes. I'm telling God. you do you want me to go back up and find yeah, it Lloyd I'm telling yes, you. Yes, the last I... bit of artwork in the video looks like an open mic night it's a true horror that's a nice math isn't it <laughs> that is yeah. 
This also points to a lot of the um, other stuff that's been done for Zweihander, by the way. So you see all these different things like Blackbirds and the main Gauche and stuff like that. Those are kind of like spin-off <laughs> things for Zweihander. They can mm. kind of take things in different directions. So if there's a particular kind of like style of dark fantasy horror game you want to play, that's where all that kind of like folds into the yeah. as well. So it's very, very cool. Uh, it's definitely one to go and check out. Uh, <laughs> so the last Kickstarter then. Mm. Mm. Planet okay. 20 years. Yeah, so Planet 28, uh, I talked about this a uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I also did a little kind of review of it as well. Full disclosure, I've backed this, so <laughs> take anything I say with a pinch of salt. Uh, but um, Nick Evans, uh, who wrote the original Planet 28, uh, which is a narrative minish, miniature skirmish set of rules uh, for playing out kind of grim, dowky, baroque, gothic sci-fi games, Maybe something like Inquisitor or Necromunda or Rogue Trader style stories. All of these would be very appropriate. Um, well, he is now back on Kickstarter with the second edition of these rules. Um, so the first edition rules are still up there for free for you to go and download, or you can pay what you want as well. It's pretty cheap, actually. They recommend about $6, which isn't much in the grand no. scheme of things. Uh, you can get your hands on the core rules, which are fantastic. There's also solo rules and rules for vehicles. Um, all of those have been folded into this uh, second edition book that's coming out. There's going to be a digital version, and there's also going to be a hardback book as well. I've pledged for the hardback hardback one because reading in real life is fun. There yes. you go. Um, they're also going to be pumping this full of new artwork. As you can see, there's some really weird and wacky stuff that they've been working on for this. Uh, Stretch goals have then unlocked some awesome extra stuff as well. So there's going to be a whole set of paper miniatures based on the artwork. So if you don't have miniatures to play your games, you can do that. They've also thrown in this death in the throne room supplement, which kind of like a little bit of a setting guide for mm-hmm. their world. Uh, but also could apply to pretty much any system or planet out there in the grimdarker form of 40,000 or something of your own creation. Uh, and it kind of allows you to play out sort of like the intrigues and the subtleties and the backstabbing of courtly life on one of these planets, perhaps in the high echelons of the Imperium. They don't show very much on this page. How do you know it's going to be chock-a-block full of art? Because they've said they have, they said it will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, uh, you know, I believe Nick Evans could do this. And I've seen the original uh, version of this. It's very cool. Um, the game itself, for those people that aren't aware, you could go and check out my review. No, I'm, I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, so <laughs> the game itself is a very simple sort of D6-based uh, narrative-driven, narratively-driven game. Especially around the idea of your warbands. Uh, mm-hmm. They could be, as I said, sort of like an Inquisitor and their henchmen or a bunch of gangers or some space adventurers, however you wanted to approach it. And you either fight against each other in gang on gang, gang, gang on gang violence. That sound, that was a weird thing to say. Or <laughs> I thought it was just... Gangnam style violence. <laughs> <laughs> or you can set you can play it, as I said, in sort of solo and cooperative modes as well. So you can play against the game. Uh, one of the scenarios that they've included within the um the solo portion of the the uh, the game is you taking control of a kind of like a uh, an imperial agent and their retinue who head down to a planet to try and find a particular individual. They then realize that the planet is utterly overrun with chaos and you have to fight all these chaotic individuals and their cultists in order to try and rescue this fellow and get this governor off the planet. So as you can see, it's got a very sort of similar start to a lot of the kind of games that are out there at the moment, like Inquisimunda and Necromunda and Inquisitor and that kind of thing. Um, as I say, a big, the big selling point for me is just how quick and easy and brutal the rules are. There's some really nice rules in there for kind of like upgrading and developing things as well. The game's also been designed as the, the game is itself a kit bash. 
because mm-hmm. it's very, been very much inspired by that kind of like 28 mag style thing that's been going on, on the internet over the last couple of years where you effectively if you have a miniature you can build that miniature rules effectively on the tabletop or if you have the rules you're then encouraged to go away and kit bash that particular character if you want so you can draw in miniatures from all over the place in order to play this game which i think is really really fun um the other thing as well is obviously the artwork and everything too is very cool and i, I can't wait to see what they do next with this um it was a really fun little zine um and uh, i think they did a really good job bringing in things like the vehicle rules and everything else uh, yeah. alongside it with the first edition of the game Hopefully this tweaks and tighten things here and there. Again, it's not a very, it's not a particularly complex rule set, but there's a lot of sort of moving parts within that. The larger your gangs get and the bigger your campaigns get. But uh, yeah, it'll be really fun to dive in and see what this is all about. I take it you uh, weren't in quickly enough to get one of the original artwork pledges. No, no, I wasn't, unfortunately. But uh, that that was ridiculously cheap for an original artwork. It really was. I've paid more than that for a book. Yeah, yeah, you uh, really so, yeah. worth thieving it if you got it at that price. Yeah. I went in at the uh, the Cosmic Adventure one, so I, I got the PDF and I got the hardback books. So oh, nice! And here's a bunch of the stuff that they've done. So yeah, um, so Plant Twenty Eight is the uh, sort of initial mm-hmm. version of the rules, which allows you to just play out the gang on gang stuff. Death on, on the periphery is the solo, and also you could also play cooperatively style rules as well. Death Machines then throws in the. Um, uh the vehicle rules as well so you've got that to sort of play around with and then you've also got um the fantasy version as well which i think is called brutal quest which is pretty cool hopefully that's going to be getting sort of like a revamp and stuff later on down the line as well and then there's a bunch of other stuff they they occasionally make miniatures as well mammoth (laughs) mammoth do Uh, there's like some weird twisted weird like gothic creatures for you to sort of add into your games if you want to check out something as well but uh tell us this because i don't know if, if he mentioned in there Will the solo and the vehicle rules be compiled into the second edition? Yes. So, uh, so, the, so it's the core rules and everything else everything that exists. Yeah. So everything from the first edition rules. So those three pamphlets will effectively get bundled into this larger book that's kind of going to be coming out uh, alongside loads of additional material and things like that. So they're adding things like um, exotic weaponry, demons and demon weaponry, mm-hmm. uh, different ways to make your characters and all sorts of different things as well. So. There even might even be some bestiary bits and stuff as well. So very cool. cracking stuff. If you <laughs> like a touch of the uh, retro grimdark, mm. then mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out Planet 28. 17 days left on that and already funded. It's just a question of how many. So don't worry. Goals. I don't need I don't need you to fund this. It's fine. <laughs> but if you do, you know, more stretch goals. More stretch goals for, <laughs> for Ben. Yeah, more, which is more artwork. <laughs> generally it's me asking for more stretch goals from my things yeah. but it, it's good to see that it's a nice change this week yeah. Yeah. so there we are two cracking little kickstarters to wrap us up for another week's worth of news for all mm-hmm. you hungry hounds at home we're going to go away now we'll be back for the XLBS on Sunday if you're not in the cult of games already you can join us on tabletop.com sign up for a 30-day trial and listen to us witter away about all things hobby ours and yours don't forget if you want a chance to win the casserine box to commemorate the casserine anniversary 79 years tomorrow then comment below be a subscriber to the channel don't make me have to pick a second winner because you're not a subscriber <laughs> it annoys me otherwise we will see you again next friday take care Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.